0: It's hopefully you want him to do well, maybe just not so well that he's going to start commanding
1: a a big deal. I don't think in reality something happens with the baseball without Major League Baseball knowing it.
0: kyle gibson mowed down the jays in the middle innings on the weekend (laughs) you're the you're the real
2: 2017 mvps and welcome to artificial turf wars episode number 72 where no wild card race is mediocre for us to contend in i am your host greg wazniewski and i am joined this week by the one the only nick dyka nick how's it going Hey Greg, I'm uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm I'm pretty good because I I don't pay too much attention to what goes on in Toronto these days. But as it is our job around here, I'm going to uh, focus you know, focus on the <laughs> oh, <first geez>. Blue <laughs> <laughs> They are they are one in five since last week. Um, they had to or chose to uh, DFA Nori Aoki. They called up Biagini and tried him starting. They had Brett Anderson starting. um... We just went through uh, something called the Players Weekend. I'm still not sure what that is, although it looks very flashy. And, uh, of course, we have another catch (laughs) from Kevin Pilar. But first, we must talk about the record since our last podcast, because that's the only record that matters. One in five, Nick. Yeah, it hasn't hasn't been a great week for the Blue Jays but uh
0: when you're a team that's constructed like the Blue Jays one in five weeks are I think to be expected um you know with injuries and everything the team's been forced to deal with I mean Ryan Goins has been batting fifth for this team on some nights and that's not a great uh place for Ryan Goins to be batting if you're looking to go 500 or two or three games (laughs) over 500 in many or any weeks so um yeah it's it's been tough to swallow and with the mediocrity of the wild card race you know it felt for a second there like maybe just maybe the jays could could hang in it but then uh they got shut down this weekend by some pretty mediocre twins pitchers and kind of put a nail into the coffin of their second wild card
2: um, dreams I, as, as
0: remote as they were
2: a lot of people have said well if this team goes on a run and did not consider that the run might be like two and nine yeah <laughs> a 10 game losing streak is the run <laughs> it's like oh right yeah bad like all of if all the stars align the exact wrong way it can be just as bad as as, as it would be on the other end if, if they had aligned the right way um yeah so, as we record this, the Blue Jays are at the tail end of getting eviscerated by Chris Sale again. Um, would it be good for them to just take the night off if they're playing Chris Sale? Well, I was
0: thinking maybe maybe you start Darwin Barney, like on the mound in a game against Chris Sale. <laughs> that, might, that might be the most entertaining uh, thing for Jays fans still still kicking around the Rogers Center at this point in the year um, because yeah it is uh, it was a pretty pretty tall order for that for that lineup to try to take down Chris sale I, I legitimately felt bad watching Miguel Montero try to try to hit sale in the in the fourth inning um, yeah he's he's pretty filthy and this they're not the most gifted hitters in the Jays lineup right now.
2: Now, we all know that Chris Sale is a gifted strikeout artist, and I, I got this off of Twitter, I believe, from Richard Griffin, uh, and I don't know if you follow Griff, but he put up an interesting little point. The, the Jays have seen Chris for 21 innings this year. How many strikeouts would you estimate <laughs> they had racked up against Mr. Sale? Um, 21 innings, so I didn't see this.
0: I'm going to go 35 strikeouts in 21 innings. 34. You're very, very oh. close,
2: sir. Oh is it price's right rules though? Because I d I don't win if it's prices right rules. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we win any number over over like twenty eight there, basically, if, if it's the real number. I think we all lose, yes. really. Um <laughs> They've lost by getting shut out. They've lost by hitting a home run that comes up one run short in the ninth. The only game they won, they had to score ten runs to win it. That's at some point it gets embarrassing, doesn't it? It's it's not ideal and
0: it's not the most fun to watch. Um you know, I as much as we've been kinda subjected to bad baseball over this week, I don't think they're as bad as they've played this week. Um and you know what, if we're if we're looking for a silver lining with the rosters expanding in a couple days, we'll you know, we'll hopefully get a look at some uh some players that could be interesting moving forward, you know, like Teoscar Hernandez. I'm not too sure what other young outfielders they'll, cal- they'll call up, but um, that's kind of my hope is that like it might get worse before it gets better, but there might be some, you know, little interesting pieces of gold within the, the overall <laughs> pan of, dirt to uh, to get excited about in, in September. Um, because you're right, it's not fun to watch most of the time.
2: Well, I think one of the things that they are panning for is whether or not Joe Biagini can be a starter. He right. is not uh, he was not sharp in his return to the starting rotation this week um, at all. No. A <laughs> couple, couple dingers <laughs> in there, I believe. Uh, do Do we just... Do we give uh, Joe time to to sort himself out? I mean, I, I mean, there's not much else, I guess, that they can do. But um, are, are we uh, are we hoping that uh, he learns on the job? I guess my perspective on it is why not?
0: Um, you know, it is kind of a lost season at this point. I mean, he's only started twelve games this year, and you're right, he hasn't looked good. I don't really think he looked any better on the weekend, um, but. I just say, given that there's really no risk to letting him try to work it out for the rest of the year, see if he can get a little more consistent in his delivery, see if he can kind of get his results uh, a little bit closer to where they were when he started um, becoming a starter. And if it works out, great. They've got an option for next year. And if not, uh, they've hopefully got a a bullpen option for next year because whether he's pitching in the bullpen or out of the rotation for the next 40 games, doesn't really have any consequence to the Jays. So if, if there can be
2: some learning done in that time period, I say just shoot for that. Um, w- which brings us to tonight's starter, Brett Anderson, who, who probably deserved a bit better. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, he came out in a, in a just Dealing ground ball after ground ball after ground ball. Um, not a lot of hard contact. A couple of strikeouts thrown in there, and then uh, a missed fly ball and some strange defense. As you know, if I I follow games generally on Twitter, um, strange defense seems to come up a whole lot lately between <laughs> Raffy Lopez, M- Miguel Montero, and the circus. Other than Kevin Pilar, that's in the outfield. Uh, yeah, I hear that a lot. So, yeah. Is Brett Anderson another one of those... uh, I think we've said it before on the pod, basically. Let it ride. If he doesn't blow up, great. Maybe you try and bring him back next year? Yeah. um, I mean he's a pitcher that i think we forget
0: is he's had a track record of pretty recent success you know he had a good year in in 2015 with the dodgers uh you know he had an era under four and 180 innings uh the most surprising thing about that being he pitched 180 innings (laughs) um (laughs) but uh yeah and he's only he broke into the league so young he's only still 29 years old so there's a yeah it's like you said give him a shot see see if anything can happen and and then maybe he's an option to bring him back next year uh unlike tom Kohler, though he's a full-on free agent so they are if he does do well over the next um you know four weeks they're going to be contending with every other team in in baseball to try to bring him to try to sign him so uh it's yeah it's a uh, it's hopefully you want him to do well maybe just not so well that he's going to start commanding a a big deal like when rich hill played for boston a few years ago and he had that great september and then he parlayed that into a pretty decent little two-year deal with oakland um so if the if the jays can get him on the cheap that would be that would be ideal
2: i think the jays can compete in that two-year three-year deal kind of category uh even if you know like because he's got some warts obviously with with the history yeah. but um, yeah, I, I think the Jays are highly unlikely to be in the, the four- to six-year deal range for anybody. So I, I think Brett Anderson is yeah. maybe the kind of guy they're going to end up targeting. Um, right. Nori Aoki, we hardly knew you. <laughs> yep,
0: the uh, the crown jewel of the Francisco Liriano trade. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty surprised to see him get DFA'd, seeing that his slugging percentage is actually higher than Jose Bautista's uh, right now. Um, which is the craziest stat and something <laughs> I never, I never thought I would utter norieoki has a slugging percentage higher than Jose Batista's, but um, Such yeah, as I, 2017.
2: I was, that's, yeah, that's where we end up over and over again. I, <laughs> I was,
0: I was surprised to see him, to see him go uh, so quickly, but I guess with, you know, Pierce playing well and, Again, assuming these these young outfielders are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks, then maybe they just thought the the spot would be better used on on a young guy who's who's going to maybe help them next year.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. I I think ultimately um, th- there's some other team that can probably use Aoki uh, at least for for you know the next little while, and since he was DFA'd before the playoff. Roster deadline, uh, maybe there's a shot at actually getting a little bit back for him now that he's sh- you know he's shown all year he's been decent. It's just a fifth outfielder really isn't even fair to him. I don't even that that's part of it is you know it's like well we yeah. can't really play you, <laughs> Let's right? Not screw you over uh, if at all possible.
0: Yeah, and um, I also think uh, I we heard today that he got his unconditional release, so. Uh. I don't think the Jays will no be getting anything back for him, but um, he will be free to to sign
2: with whoever he wants. I missed that one, so you're you're one step ahead of me on the Nori Aoki train. Um, all right, players' weekend. What what was that all about exactly? Do, do you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I
0: think it it was definitely uh, dreamed up by the MLB.com uh, marketing department, and embarrassingly i kind of bought in um you know i i love them showing the the arm patches that where the players could thank somebody in their life who's supported them and it got me every time when it said like mom or dad or basically they all said mom or dad but it, (laughs) it was no less effective every time i saw it 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 uh yeah, it was very heartwarming, no even even though it was literally the same the same two people over and over again for for the most part. Um but so yeah, I, I thought the patches were really cool. Um I thought some of the jerseys weren't bad. I know they generally kind of got panned, but I didn't mind the the Twins jersey and even I think they could have done better with the Jays jersey, but um kind of like the powder blue um or at least mm the interpretation of powder blue that the players weekend sky uh, blue. marketers decided to go with. But, um, yeah, I think all in all, uh, all in all it wasn't, wasn't a, a, total, a total wreck train wreck or anything like that. And, uh, again, when you're, when you're watching a one in five team, it's, it's these kinds of little things that, uh, can sometimes break up the monotony of watching, you
2: know, a, a goings Barney middle infield. I, I'm all for, you know, sort of mixing it up. Uh, I, I do, I have a problem when things get a little bit forced, like, hey, we're going to put players' nicknames on the back of the jersey. Well, that's a cool idea, because I mean, you know, if you, you have a Big Poppy or, you know, the Train or, yeah, yeah, Lefty or, okay, everybody's got a nickname. Really? What about the people who don't really have nick? We've got a nickname for them now. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And then. Maybe they did a bad rap too, because then
0: you see their, their you know, an air quotes nickname, and it's just their name with a Y on the end or something. And
2: and, and people are like, oh, they're not creative. It's like, no, they just didn't have a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Granke pitched with with Granke on the back of his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of all the players in the majors that you would want to, you would pick perhaps to not pick a nickname, Zach Granke is yeah. top of my list. It's like, well... That's almost. That is your nickname. It's just your last name. That's how. That's how he rolls. <laughs> oh, he. Yeah, he.
0: He'd be up there for, for. yeah, no, no nickname at all. But no, I think. I think I agree with the nicknames. To me, that was almost the. The least compelling part of. Uh, of the weekend. Um. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see if it returns next year. Has
2: MLB announced whether or not they're going to do it again? I have not seen that. Uh, I am sure that anything that will sell them additional jerseys or shirts or shirt jerseys right. or yeah, well, I'm sure there will be some some permutation of it. Um, yeah. Also, the name of it, Players Weekend. I kind of was there a board meeting to come up with that? Because isn't every weekend <laughs> the Players Weekend?
0: <laughs> well, well, the umpires are trying to make every weekend umpires weekend, but um, yeah, you're right. They they could have kicked around some other names, I think, or or, or went with something. They like, should.
2: I, I almost, really. I sort of wish they called it maybe Little League Weekend and tied into the Little League World Series more because the the Little League game was on the weekend, right? So yeah, have some sort of throwback to Little League for these guys. Maybe a Little League team they played on, or a you know a youth team they played on, or I don't know. It, it just seemed to lack focus, but maybe next year they'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. The. Mm-hmm the the first the first time's always uh, got some kinks to you've always got some kinks to work out um, yeah honestly now just even talking about it it was it's pretty it was pretty much the Reese Hoskins show all weekend anyway now that uh, <laughs> now that we're really thinking about it but this isn't a Phillies podcast so let's move on
2: <laughs> okay well we'll move on to the one thing in the weekend that was worth possibly remembering for for uh, we fans I guess it was Monday so not technically okay. on Players Weekend Kevin Pillar. Yeah still got it
0: he still does um and it's a it's a good thing he does because his performance at the plate is
2: (laughs) hey 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 easy not getting any better focus you're right
0: (laughs) you're you're right i was actually speaking of his performance though at the plate um he leads the team in doubles which to me is crazy um but I guess when you have his speed, some of those kind of balls down the line or in the gap, he can stretch into two in, in ways that the the lumbering middle of the order just can't do. But um, yeah, no, Kevin Pilar, fantastic at defense. Um, that continues to be true. And hopefully if he's on the team next year, that will continue to be true next year as well.
2: I feel that that full extension type catch is really his trademark. As much as the the going up over the wall one was the one that put him on the map, that that un, unbridled, straight out, don't care where the wall or the ground is catch is is really something that not every player can do. So I, I think that's you know it's it's mm-hmm. cool to see. Also, the I he doesn't die when he does those. I'm still fascinated by. It his lack of instantly breaking several bones on the, on whatever impact he he ends up having.
0: Yeah, no, he, he has a, a pretty strong record of, of good health for, for being able to lay out like that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely really comfortable leaving his feet going side to side. And even you'll see him leave his feet to go to dive backwards. Um, which is, I always find those pretty impressive. Um, because to, to be able to to have that kind of depth perception um, and like running full tilt like he is. And, you know, I, I've never seen a, a fly ball or a line drive off the bat of a major league hitter, but I'm guessing it's not, it's not spinning exactly the, and moving exactly the way uh, you'd think it would. And his, I think his, his ability to, to lay out is definitely um, helping pad those those great defensive numbers.
2: So uh, on that note, I would I would like to say that uh, if you haven't yet and are on Twitter, look up um, Kevin Pilar and narcolepsy um, <laughs> because that's actually what's going on. If and and there's photographic proof of that, uh, which uh, always gives me a good chuckle when another pic- picture gets added to the sequence of times Kevin Pilar appears to have passed out on the field. <laughs> uh, we're going to leave you with that and then we're going to come back with uh, David Arzma right after this
0: These are the Daves I know some of them are Davids but most of us are Daves they all have their own hands but they come from different moms.
2: and we at Artificial Turf Wars are very lucky this week to be joined by former Major League pitcher David Arzma David welcome back to the show yes thank you thank you for having me on um, so, glad you could make it on, sort of a last-minute thing. But uh, I, I had uh, I had some sad thoughts about this season, and I thought probably the saddest people at this point are, are the players who are, are trying to play out the string, as it were. So, my first question, uh, uh, kind of a big question, is when you're on a team, at some point you realize that team's probably not going to win the World Series this season. Um, as an individual, how did you how did you deal with that and and trying to get to the end of the season did you did you change your focus to your personal performance or or what did you do
1: well i think it all depends on each individual guy having a season like that where you're just okay let's just put it plainly where you suck or the team just sucks (laughs) right you're not going anywhere usually you know the trade deadline came around you got rid of guys you're not bringing any you're not bringing any talent in you're seeing all your friends who are having good seasons leave, and you're like, "Oh man, this stop- this is sucks." Um, and so you don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like you're not seeing that, like, yes, all that work, all that hard work, all that the fruit of our labors, it's coming up. No, you're 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 already looking at next year and saying how can i put myself in the best situation for next year and it all depends on different players different players in the cl- clubhouse have different things they're trying to achieve right you you if we take the blue jays for example and you're looking at like jose batista or, or stroman they're trying to be leaders so they're trying to make sure the team doesn't give up the team at least has the site where you're not going to be you're what 61 and 71 right now you're not going to blow the doors open and and somehow make first place but but hey let's not be bottom cellar dwellers let's let's make something out of this season what's at least trying to be better than one of the teams <laughs> I, I don't know which one it's going to be because they're all everything you know the entire east is playing well but we're, we're at least going to try to finish the season strong and and you're trying to be a leader and show guys like hey guys don't give up even though this September we suck next September we're gonna be good so follow my example right okay they got those guys then you have those guys that are being free agents so they need to have numbers they just need numbers they don't need necessarily wins they need you know home runs or RBIs or whatever it takes whatever they're trying to do they just need those numbers or or maybe they're trying to get bonuses so they're trying to hit those bonuses or whatever and same thing with arbitration guys they're trying to just make sure they're making their money for next year because the blue jays let's be honest nobody thought the blue jays were going to be this bad so a team like that you sit there and go hey we so we the whole core is all going to be here we could still be really good no one's really out of this core group of guys is leaving so we still have an opportunity next year and then you look at the young guys the young guys are just trying to make a name for themselves say hey like look at me I make, I'm getting a september call up if I put up a good 100 of bats or whatever 50 at bats or 10 appearances, I might have a chance next year to start opening day beyond that roster. So each guy at this point, you just be honest and, and just say we're playing for ourselves and within there, let's keep making sure we're going down this right road where we're ending strong so we can all be here next year and be, and the team actually believe in us. Cause cause let's be honest if the blue Jays end the net, the end of the year winning 20 out of the last 30, Everyone's going to say, hey, look at that. We might be a better team than we thought.
2: So I'm curious about, the, you know, there's obviously guys who were on the team all year. They, they have roles that people look to them to, to make the certain noises at certain times. For a guy like, say, Nori Aoki, who, who came into a situation where he was clearly um, moved, not, you know, he was not the primary reason for a deal. Um is it awkward for some of those players to sort of try and find a spot on a team that maybe really doesn't have a spot for
1: them? Yeah, that's that's the weird spot. That's the hard spot where if you're if you're one of those players, you know, you, you, you just you don't know who you are with that team and and you look around, and you say like, well where do I really fit? But you, at the end of the day, then you're playing for, you know, 29 other teams. And so you have to at least try to put in as many good at bats for in Aoki's case. Um, I know they they gave him his release, but you try to do what you can when you get moved over to at least make an impact in in the opportunities that you get at least try to play because you're because that while that team doesn't like you or doesn't want you anymore. You have a chance to play for other teams and you know, he, he still hit what 281 280 something like that Mm -hmm. you know so you're trying to give yourself a chance
2: very much an an individual sort of thing
1: yes absolutely it's it's each individual situation because at the end of the day too you don't ever want to put yourself and tell yourself you know what the gm's trying to do because when you're a player you have no clue what the GM's trying to do. You, like, we are, I mean, think about how many times you sit back as as fans, and and you guys, I'm sure, are analyzing the game left and right. You're, you're taking the Blue Jays roster and, and spit chewing it up, spitting it out, chewing up, spitting out, trying to figure out where guys are going to fit, where the organization's going to go, who, the, who the, all the young prospects are going to be, and who's going to come up and fill those spots. As players it's easy it's hard not to do that too it's easy to do that it's really simple to do that but you can't because how many times when you're doing that you see the gm do something completely opposite and so as a player you can't sit there and and say i know what the gm's going to do i don't fit here you say no i'm going to make sure i fit i'm going to do what i can to fit and if they for some reason don't have a spot for me then I put up my numbers for my next team because I'll, I'll tell you this, it makes a big difference the fact that even that you're playing in the big leagues versus taking your out or getting your release and sitting there at home maybe for all of September and next year trying to fight your way onto a team. A lot of teams don't like that. A lot of teams don't like that look and you're usually on the outside looking in versus just being on a big league team even if you're not playing as much as you should be.
0: Mm -hmm. and David uh, speaking of not playing as much as you should be uh, one of the the reasons the Jays have struggled so much this year is so many of their better players have been injured and as a player we just wanted to get your take on what it's like uh, when when you are injured and and you're you're not able to play and you're and you're missing out and like what what goes through a, a like a player's a player's head when that happens and and how do you how do you kind of like best spend your time and, and your days to to kind of make sure that that doesn't I don't know seep into your your psychology or whatever while while you can't help the team?
1: No, and I understand I understand what you're saying. It's but it's also hard to decipher that because a lot of times it depends on the injury, right? If you're if you're Schultz and you're having you know Tommy John, you're sitting yep. there and you have your your every day you're doing it is the most boring grinding rehab ever because there's so many little things you do that are just so simplistic and it's so every day you're doing the same stupid thing (laughs) tiny little movements. oh my god and it's mentally just draining but you know like I said earlier, you see that you do see that at the end of the tunnel, especially with Tommy Johns and stuff, because you have a schedule and you and you know when you're gonna be healthy and you know that when you get done with it, you're going to be healthy because ninety-five percent of all the guys come back and are fine. Or at least very close to who they were. So you see that and you and you don't even the team doesn't even matter really to you because you're you're rooting for them, you want them to do great, but at the same time, your schedule is so much more advanced than theirs because you're you're seeing a year away or or eight months away versus that everyday everyday grind that the players are dealing with. Um, but when you're de- you know when you're Russell Martin and you're dealing with you know you got ten days you got ten day DL, that's a lot tougher, especially on a team that's struggling. You know you're showing up every day. You're trying to get ready. You don't know what you're necessarily getting ready for. You know, really, is it just to end, end the season with some at-bats? Is it, is it just to pat yourself on the back to say you got healthy when the organization doesn't want to get you hurt and where you're out next year? Um, that's the hard part is when you're losing and you're trying to come back from an injury because there's, you know, and the, the reality is, yeah, what are you really fighting to get back for? And a lot of times it's just to get back pride just to be just to be back to say you're back and you know you need to grind you need to work every single day and and focus on that end result but you know at this point you got 30 days left you know 35 days left and you you go get healthy and you're ready for the last 10 days of the season well you're now you're 30 games back um, it, it's, it's tough, man. It, it, it's really tough. But you, again, it kind of goes back to the roles. If you're Russell Martin, you, you got to make sure that you're a leader on the team, like, you know, or Troy Tulowitzki, if you're on the 60 day deal, that if you're there every day, you're the guy showing them, guys, like, I'm hurt. I'm coming back. I'm, I'm doing this every single day. So when you get to this point, this is how you're supposed to act, too this you know Russell Martin needs to show guys it doesn't matter if you're 30 games back I can be healthy and I'm gonna work my my butt off to show you guys when you get hurt this is how you're supposed to act so when you were
2: at at one point injured do you ever remember a time where you either watched, caught a part of a game on tv or looked at a box score and thought man that was my inning or I, he should have like I should be in the bullpen he should be calling for me right now to get this guy out
1: oh without a doubt <laughs> without a doubt <laughs> oh it's so frustrating that's so it's it's heartbreaking it's frustrating it's it's maddening it's you're just like oh um when I got hurt in 2010 at the very end of the season 2010 I hurt my left hip I ended up having surgery on it in January Hopefully I, I wish I would have had it in September when I actually heard it, but we had it in January. Um and then on my rehab assignment I tore my elbow so I had Tommy John. Well, I'm sitting there watching Brandon League, you know, Toronto <laughs> guy, uh close for the Mariners and taking my saves. Taking my, <laughs> you know every time he's shaking hands at the end of the game, that should be me. And it is just grueling inside it's tearing me apart and then I see and to take this a step further and nothing against Brandon because Brandon went and did his job and did it very very well at the Mariners he goes out and gets a three-year 21 million dollar contract because he was the closer for the Mariners and did well and I look at and I you know I don't do it really to this day but at the time especially you look at it and say if I was healthy, if I would have had the surgery earlier, those would have been my innings, those would have been my saves, and that would have been my contract. And you look back and, and you there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing I could have really done about it at the time. But yeah, it is it is grueling to see somebody do your job and, and to do it well and to get have a lot of success on that back end is is uh it's a it's a roller coaster for of emotions. For yeah. sure. And and David, just kind
0: of moving on to, to kind of baseball in general right now, um, it seems like this year, particularly in the majors, there's been a big spike in, in the amount of home runs that are that are being hit. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the baseball and, and the stitches on the ball. And, you know, more pitchers are suffering blisters this year. And some people are believing that that's correlated to to the new stitching. And I was just curious as a pitcher, your take on kind of the, this new baseball and, and what you think is, is going on and how to, to best move forward.
1: Well, there's no doubt. I, I 100% believe that the ball is juiced There's this no doubt we are hitting home runs at just a crazy rate. I do also believe it's, it's a result of changes in hitting styles. I think hitters are trying to, obviously, we talk about it all the time, launch angle, launch angle, launch angle, launch angle. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, which is, I think, is kind of stupid because it's actually the exit velocity, which is way more important, right? It depends. Mm-hmm. If the ball, if the guy hits the ball hard and he hits it as a line drive, it's probably going to have something good happen. And every time in the mm-hmm. cage, I'm sure you guys have seen a million batting practices Guys are trying to work on a very specific angle, even long before we ever knew about launch angle. They're trying to hit the ball, you know, there because you hit it a little higher, it's a pop up. You hit it a little lower, it's a you know, it's a ground ball. You hit it in the sweet spot. We've always known it. We just never had a number or something to call it. And so it w- all of a sudden, never go, "Oh, launch angle." We're working on launch angle. It's a brand new thing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's something that's been around. We'd right. We just didn't have a name for it. It's like spin right. We well, sit there I- and go, "God, that curveball's tight." Okay. Well, we go. It's what does height mean? It spins faster and harder than the next guy. Well, now we have something—an analytical way of quantifying it. Right. I think the the
2: launch angle thing. uh, Maybe there were. There's a certain breed of coach who insists. At one time, insisted that a fast guy should pound the ball or swing down on the ball to, to get it on the ground, to get it through the infield, to leg it out, that that sort of thing. And that was the real thing that went in the garbage after we started looking at what the real results were, even for fast guys when they hit the baseball. But, yeah, intuitively get it on the on the sweet spot and you're going to be in, in a better better spot overall.
1: Well, what it is, too, is we look at fast guys, and, and but I think it's also there's a second equation on that when you look at fast guys. I mean, not to go off the, on this tangent, but... Fast guys generally don't have the power, don't have the 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 power that is going to be make them a forty home run hitter, and so right. it's it was that was the idea of okay let's focus on lowering that launch angle and making it more line drives that are going to be more advantageous and working for you. You know when we take Giancarlo Stanton, and we try to apply the same thing to him to. <sighs> Uh, Goins, it's not really going to apply the same <laughs> way, right? They're just not the same hitter, but we so we can't apply the same type of thing. But this year, when you when you look at to go back to what we were talking about, the the home run rate just skyrocketing. You know, we look at <laughs> you look at 2010. The home run rate was was less than a home run per game, and now it's 1.26 sure. a game. This is this is not these are steroid era numbers that are coming back. But we're testing more. We're testing more than we ever tested in this game. Hitters don't make adjustments that quickly in. You you can look at the whole course of Major League Baseball over the, the life of it. People don't make adjustments this fast. Even if we're talking about the home run, trying to increase hitting the ball hard, increase the perfect angle. You don't just automatically make a switch this fast, especially over the last seven years. Something has to be there. Major League Baseball swears, and there was a they do their own testing. they They tell us behind closed doors, within their own testing, the balls the same okay let's, let's trust that right That's the, ball. Yeah, the ball wasn't deflated either okay so <laughs> you know like, like let's, just, let's look at it for what it is when, when the average player is hitting more home runs when the best player is hitting more home runs when the, when the nine hole on your lineup is hitting more home runs something has happened especially with certain guys that are hitting more home runs than they have ever hit and, and haven't really changed their approach
2: so in that vein, do you think, though, that it was on purpose? Or do you think that uh, maybe something something happened with the manufacturer of the baseball and they don't want to admit that they don't have control of it rather than <laughs> than some other way?
1: I think that would be, like, in an ideal world, that sounds right. Like, that could actually happen in manufacturing, right? But I don't think in reality something happens to the baseball without Major League Baseball knowing it. And I think when you look at when you look at the numbers and you could see it happened the change happened it was the all-star break I think three years ago uh, two, right 2015. when the numbers yeah 2015 yeah. right when the numbers started changing that doesn't happen and especially halfway through the season that perfect timing right when people after the all-star game okay people are kind of borderline baseball because football is beginning to creep back into the system. Um, you, you hear baseball. That's when baseball starts losing. It's little drive because it's middle seat. You, you know, teams are starting to get out of it. The teams that are in it. Yes. You keep that fan base, but how do you keep people back in the game? What saved baseball back in 1998, the home run? they want it back and that's how you get it back especially when pitchers are dominating the game you get it back by giving the hitters a, a little bit of an edge and at the same time i i think rob manfred trying to get the strike zone a little smaller <laughs> definitely helps too you know, there's there's a lot of different changes that have happened at the same time that that really go towards it and i, and I without a doubt i think the ball is one of them
2: so you heard it here first uh david arzma believes that Chicks dig the long ball, and so does MLB. Whoever they are,
1: <laughs> without a doubt, if, if Greg Maddox and, uh, <laughs> and Tom Glavin were back, they'd be dropping some bombs. They know they know what the girls want.
2: Oh my goodness! So you have uh, you've been on our podcast a couple of times. I'd like to believe that we gave you the podcast bug, and you decided to start your own because of the fun you had with us. Is that
1: true? <laughs> without a doubt, I didn't want to admit it. I. I've been trying not to admit this for years, but yes, you guys drove me towards <laughs> podcasts. Where can we find you? The bullpen with DA, it's called? The bullpen with DA. Uh, I, I started a podcast with with my buddy. Uh, I'm sure just like you guys that we we're we we're just talking baseball and, and my and we were having a good time talking baseball. He hated text messaging, so he'd always call me. I i I thought it was the most annoying thing in the world. But he'd <laughs> call me. And then we just start talk baseball for for half an hour, an hour. My wife got sick of it, told us to start a, start recording it. <laughs> so uh, so we did. And the bullpen with Da, we've had some great guests this this last week. We had Tommy John, uh, Joe Kelly the week before, and so it's been a lot of fun. And uh, you can find us on TuneIn Radio, um, iTunes, SoundCloud, all the all the fun stuff
2: all right folks uh you are allowed to now have a second favorite podcast uh the bullpen with
1: (laughs) we Uh, talk less we talk less blue jays but come find us
2: i believe there are a lot of baseball fans who listen in on this in general so uh uh, always good to talk to you david appreciate that you squeezed this into your schedule and uh and again i I hope we uh, get a chance to talk to you again soon and uh, you have yourself a fine evening absolutely thanks for having me on all right take care And that uh, that was the wonderful David Arzma, as always, uh, pushing a, a small conspiracy theory. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't always do that. Maybe that's always <laughs> candid. How about that? Yeah, that works. All right. Um, and we get candid around here when we answer your questions. And, and, of course, before we do that, I have to do this.
0: Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First, I ask a question, then you ask a question.
1: Then how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please?
2: I, uh, usually, we only read them once. I think is the way it works. <laughs> uh, we'll start light. Uh, from at baseball, her ball hurt. Is Nick trying to take Joshua's job? I think she's upset oh. about
0: that. Or um. Uh, she should be if it were true but I I can tell you assuredly it is not true Um, when the Blue Jays are playing like this uh, I I can assure you nobody's trying to take Josh's job I promise (laughs)
2: let Josh talk about them all and just step back if you can but uh, but we cannot step back we must step forward Um, I would never let Nick take Josh's job that's crazy talk uh and, and as we know i'm all perfectly in charge of everything around here <laughs> if you've seen me attempt to play audio files you know how well that usually goes uh quinn sweets at now at at quinn sweets qjgs what percent chance would you give ryan Barucky of starting a game for the jays in september let us prove that josh is not really lucky to broadcast um he sent us an answer to this question would you would you provide it for that uh, uh provide that for us mr nick
0: Yes, so Josh wanted us all to know that uh, Berickey will likely likely make uh, a start at AAA before the AAA season ends, and he's been promoted because he's been so dominant at Double A. Uh, at Double A, he's got a 5.25 uh, strikeout to walk rate. He Phew. is on the Jays' 40-man roster, so um, it's definitely possible that he'll. Uh, He'll be up with the big club in September and he could make a start depending on how long Anderson and Kohler uh stay in the rotation. Man, we didn't even talk about Kohler, did we, in the first half of the show? <laughs> no, we we didn't. Oh, also uh with um with Ryan Berecki, um Josh also wanted us to mention that Marco Estrada is amazing and he loves him very much.
2: That was really cause... in his Ryan Berecki comment, was it? Oh, interesting. It, it was.
0: He <laughs> Josh when Josh isn't here, he he needs to make sure that that, that gets in there
2: some way. Some way or another. <laughs> uh, we haven't even had a major league reference this week. We're slipping. Uh, at Split Letters, <laughs> Luke asks, uh, can we petition the MLB for the addition of a, a de- designated thrower rule? Asking for our friend, Adam Montero. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I guess if anybody wasn't watching the game tonight uh, about... There were about five stolen bases, I believe, uh, against the Jays. Um, but you know what? We knew what we were getting when uh, when we acquired Montero. And um, I think this is this is kind of this is par for the you don't want your backup catcher hitting 190 course. I think um, yeah, you got to get to give in the world of backup catchers, and it's just a uh, it's, it's a little bit it's it's a tough position to fill. Well, and Everybody lacks at something. So, uh, un- unfortunately, this is this
2: is where we're at. Do you know what they call a, a backup catcher with a full skill set? A starting catcher? Yeah. It's funny that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if they're really good at hitting, they call him a first baseman. It's amazing. It's amazing the things that happen to uh, to catchers. I mean, we farmed really? our one catcher out to third base, did we not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see more of that in September if, if Russ comes back. <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously, Tulo's not coming back, so you put Russ at third, you keep him on the field, you get uh, Josh at short. Um, that's right. Then you get Jose catching. Isn't that how that works? I think that's He's got a good arm. We could do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, th- if you want a guy who can throw, you put Jose behind the plate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, next question. At Philly G, Phil Golubovic uh, asks, which low-risk type player do you see the Jays bringing back next year? Like uh, Barney, Montero, Anderson, Kohler or is there someone you think that they should go and get? Right. So in terms of bringing guys back,
0: I think they're going to try to bring back as many pitchers as they can. Uh, This year, it was pretty clear that the Jays' starting depth was lacking. So if Kohler uh, is arbitration eligible, so my guess would be that they wouldn't go to arbitration with him, and they try to work out a... A deal, so he avoids arbitration, and they can probably save a little bit of money in the process. Um, but I, I'm thinking he's likely back. Uh, Anderson, like we were talking about earlier, they'll they'll have to negotiate with him, and every other team's going to be in on him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. I don't think they'll bring both Goins and Barney back. Um, I think with Lourdes Gurriel being a bit closer to the majors, and um, everybody seeing what it looks like when, when Goins and Barney both start at the same time. Uh, I, th- I think they might, they might part ways with one of them. And in terms of players that would be, um, interesting additions, uh, Eduardo Nunez is a free agent. He's with the Red Sox. Now, uh, he can play in the middle infield. He's got a little bit of speed. Um, he can, he, he's got good contact skills as well. Uh, he'd be an interesting guy to me. That's kind of not going to be really expensive, uh, Another guy that might not cost a ton is Cameron Maben, uh, and he he could help in the outfield, uh, depending on how far along the Jays think all their their young outfielders are, and um, a couple other guys I've, I I kind of had my eye on were Jonathan Villar with the the Brewers. Now he's not a f- a free agent, but uh, he's basically been relegated to the bench in milwaukee uh with kind of Oswaldo arcia playing well and he's really struggled this year and he might be an interesting buy low candidate he's fast he's got uh he's got some good on base skills but he's had to also has a lot of swing and miss in his game and and he can play play short and second um so those those are some guys i'd be interested
2: in looking at that is a very complete answer to which i have nothing to add so i'm gonna ask the oh, next question <laughs> i i i love uh I love wish casting for rosters. It's it's my favorite. It's why I, I love fantasy I, well. I can tell it's got you stoked, which is cool. Every, everybody has yes. something that gets gets them going in the uh, the hot stove season, as it were. Um, Blue Jay Way at Blue Jay Way one uh, asks, "Is Donaldson a Blue Jay opening day 2018?" Yes, no.
0: I think so. Um, you know, there's always a, a chance he gets traded, but I think it's fairly small and. I think if he does get traded, it's going to be one of those kind of offers. You can't refuse situations where we'll all be pretty satisfied with with what's coming back. Um, But again, I I think in all likelihood, he's back here on, on opening day. What do you think?
2: I feel like he is back only because the Blue Jays are going to be, I think, asking for Major League Talent back. I don't think they're prepared to go rebuild, and I don't think there's anybody who's going to offer up Major League Talent back for... Josh Donaldson other than maybe the Red Sox and they're not going to trade with the Red Sox because gosh knows the Red Sox need a third baseman Uh, (laughs) perpetually apparently and Um, Raphael Devers is looking pretty uh pretty good so far maybe but didn't uh Will Middlebrooks look good a couple years ago (laughs) that's fair that's very true yeah (laughs) it's a strange thing Lou Brown 34 there is our Uh, one fleeting reference to Major League. Uh, (laughs) Josh, uh, oh, yeah, wedding picture or something. Um, Name the five J players you would want with you in a bench brawl in in honor, presumably, of the ridiculous fisticuffs between (laughs) the Yankees and Tigers this week. Tigers, yeah. All
0: right. Um, Definitely definitely frank thomas i think that's pretty obvious Frank um, Thomas is about 50 uh, years old isn't he <laughs> oh on the current <laughs> roster
2: well he doesn't specify yeah
0: okay well because well, he doesn't what what do we want to go with answer wise you give,
2: you give your all-time five and i will give the current five how about that <laughs> okay
0: uh definitely frank thomas um, right. i think roger clemens he's he's one of those do anything to win type people um, he's also brick house. Um, Justin Smoke has like that long reach, I think, which would be good in a fight. I, I, I've heard. Um, Eric <laughs> nah, never been in a fight, but yeah, Eric Hinsky, he'd be good. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Ryan Goins uh, because. <laughs> Anyone who's stayed on a major league roster with his hitting ability, as long as he has, has some pretty decent survival skills, I think. Someone must be afraid of him on some
2: level, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting theory. Uh. Uh, So the current five Blue Jays I would want, I would want uh, Josh Donaldson, just because he could flip his hair in the fight and you want that. Uh, I want Troy Tulowitzki because... He wishes you would, and you can tell he wishes you would, and if you do, <laughs> come at you, uh, Kevin Pilar, because uh, he doesn't seem to get injured no matter what he does. So I throwing his body around in a fight, that's fine. Um, Marcus Stroman, because uh, height does not measure anything. Apparently, I figured yep. he could he could hit pretty hard. He looks like a guy. His dad? could... Can I pick Marcus Stroman's dad? Oh yeah, so I feel like Marcus Stroman's dad could. Take
0: on a whole major league team. He is massive.
2: Um, and uh, we need somebody. Maybe do we need somebody from the bullpen? I know I, oh. I wouldn't want Ezekiel Carrera for no. insert arm length joke here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Justin Smokes going to be the common one there because I do believe yeah. Reach has has something to to do with that. He, you know, maybe leverage or something.
0: Yeah. Um, who who in the bullpen would be, would be good um bearded white guy yeah <laughs> take your pick yeah actually they would be good because if they if anybody got in trouble they wouldn't know who it was you right because the all, other guy yeah, be like,
2: is the bearded white guy from the jays bullpen <laughs> they could never narrow it down he's right try and suspend somebody they have to go to the video to figure out who it was and then he's wearing somebody else's shirt it'd be perfect you're right yeah. um and then the last thing we have a rules question um Colleen Evans uh, asks, why not consistent? Um, JD hits a two-run double down the line, reviewed, deemed foul. And Pierce hits one that's called foul, but is not reviewable. Uh, She feels that that is so 2017. There are a lot of things that are so 2017, but I don't think that this is one of them. Yes, I, I agree. So, JD's double was a long fly ball that hit and made contact on the foul, or outside of the foul line, way down the line? Correct. And we believe that the one she's talking about with Pierce actually passed over, or it, it, it hit on a bounce before first base or third base, and then the determination was, did it pass over the bag in fair territory?
0: Right, yeah. With with Pierce's ball, I think uh, the argument was that it hit first, and. It passed over fair ground, um, or, or some part of the third base bag, which would make it then a fair ball, I believe. Um, on that line of argumentation, which the umps um, didn't didn't get
2: or didn't didn't agree with. So the re, I don't understand why the replay rules are limited the way they are. I'm like. You can review anything, man. If you can review a hit-by-pitch, which apparently you can, why the heck wouldn't you be able to review anything else? Oh, uh, agreed, yeah. (laughs) But I I don't know why. MLB doesn't agree with us, um, and their determination is anything fair or foul between home plate and first or third base is non-reviewable and within the purview, usually, of the home plate umpire. Though in this case, I'm sure the call was made by the third base umpire, or the... Yeah, third base up. That's just the way it goes. Some things in certain zones are reviewable, other ones are not. Uh and for which that which uh I, I wish we had a better explanation. But there there is a rule. It's not just the J's are cursed. Yeah. Uh we did have a do over to hand out, Um because well, every week somebody does something stupid oh my god did he really just say that but we can try again right you're talking about a door, baby? are you talking about a door we believe in second chances yes we do believe in second chances even though nobody ever seems to come on the show and actually take their second chance we keep handing them out this week's second chance goes to the texas rangers so the texas rangers
0: uh who were scheduled to play in Houston this week uh, against the Astros obviously were not able to play in Houston because of Hurricane Harvey and instead of agreeing to switch series with the Astros because um, the Texas has a home series with the Astros scheduled for late September and the Astros propose what they do is basically switch so houston would play te- in texas this week as a home series and then texas would come to houston in late september texas said no they said they weren't going to switch even though there was
2: a gd hurricane in houston this week <laughs> i I remembered not to swear too yeah you um, swear you swore earlier but the beat machine will come out for what oh. yeah yeah maybe i'll send oh. you a clip <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: But anyway, Texas, what are you doing? Just just switch. It could have been so easy. It could have been so simple. It's the right thing to do.
2: And it's they couldn't do it. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. and so, the hurricane. The Houston Texans are, allowing, are, are being allowed by the Dallas Cowboys currently to practice in the preseason on their field. So, you know, it's not impossible, folks. I, I understand it would be awkward... But maybe we should have put awkward to the side because, as you said, it's a freaking hurricane. Um, yeah. So if if John Daniels would like to come on and reverse the position and apologize, then certainly we'd never mention it again, would we? Well, there's there's a lot he's going to have to apologize for. <laughs> for I'm sure. Uh, Rafi Udur, I'm sure, would be part of the <laughs> apology. Uh, we do also have a, a unusual gold star to hand out. I think that's the brilliant. So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star. You enjoy that. You've earned it. So right up there, I'm going to ask you if you're going to get our gold star this week. Nick, are you watching entire games faithfully? Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> uh,
0: my... My schedule generally prohibits me from from being able to watch from from start to finish. I, I'm a lot of, uh, you know, given we we tour and stuff, it's a lot of like pop out after sound check and go to a bar and, you know, ask them to turn it on for for four innings. And I just say ask them to turn it on because usually we're not in Blue Jay friendly country. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I I'd say I'm I'm not watching full games. But if I'm giving full disclosure, I'm. I'm not always able to watch full games anyway. Um, but I'm trying... I'm trying to watch as much as I can, uh, you know, with Josh Donaldson at shortstop and all these other kind of, like, <laughs> fun, interesting things happening. Uh, the the kind of the poorest backup catchers. Um, yeah, I, I've been trying to watch, but... you no, watching I, out of I,
2: morbid curiosity? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a, an interesting, like, What's going to happen next? Kind of vibe to to the to the season right now, um, but no, I'm I'm not the person that we should be we should be giving the gold
2: stars to. No, because there are people right now every night tuning in in the first inning and not tuning out until the ninth, despite <laughs> all evidence to the contrary that it's going to turn out well, uh, and especially after a one in five week. Um, I would like to say to those people, you get a gold star. Um, I would like to also offer them 50 points, but the points cannot be redeemed for anything. Um, But, you know, like (laughs) fake Internet points are always good for something, pride, whichever. Uh, Yeah, it's to the people, the people who are watching
0: Kyle Gibson mow down the Jays in the middle innings. On the weekend, <laughs> you're the you're the real 2017 MVPs.
2: Yeah, if you gave up your Saturday afternoon to sit inside and watch that happen on television, all uh, uh, mad respect because I just I'm not at that point right now. Oh, yeah. so um, much love. Before I talk about Patreon, I will ask you if you have a final thought this week, Nick.
0: Um, I. I always I hate to bring him up again and again, but um, Joey Votto. to because he's Joey
2: Votto, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Was was it? Uh, he took a, a an O for 0, 43 pitch, five walk uh, game on Sunday. It was it was amazing. Uh, I was follow We were traveling on Sunday, and I was following, like just looking at the box scores, and I saw Jamison Tyone pitched four four and two-thirds innings um, without giving up a run. And I I immediately assumed he got taken out of the game hurt or something. And then I went on Twitter and I realized it was because Joey Votto was working (laughs) him for 20 pitch walks uh, his first two times to the plate. Um,
2: Joey Joey Votto Votto gets more
0: entertaining. He gets more
2: entertaining every single day. I can't get enough. Alright, well, bring Votto to Toronto, that's what I say Why, I mean, if anybody, you're going to trade anybody for Josh Donaldson Joey Votto and a pitcher for Josh Donaldson, who says no? Oh, yeah, I do it, I do it right away Of course you would um, <laughs> So, we have a Patreon Now, I'm going to make this pitch, I haven't made this pitch yet uh, You're probably not going to purchase Jay's tickets for the rest of the season <laughs> I'm just guessing Uh, If you haven't already. Uh, But you probably are going to listen to us every week if you're already listening right now. So for far less than the cost of a Jays ticket, uh, you could be our patron and and have a fun bonus like coming on to play a game with us if if you commit to the appropriate donation level. So at www.patreon.com slash TurfPod, uh, there's all kinds of information about how you could do that uh, and not spend your hard-earned dollars on a seat for a losing effort but instead uh spend them on uh, on making uh the podcast more fun and higher quality if that's possible to be higher quality than you nick i'm not sure
0: <laughs> i don't know about that josh
2: er, oh my god
0: i'm so sorry Wow,
2: well, so that's sorry the last about... time we have to have nick on but <laughs> I was just trying to I was trying to think about the lowest quality thing I could say. Oh gosh. Now <laughs> now Josh is gonna fire you. Oh my goodness. Well wow, what a weird weird note to end on there. Um in that respect, I would have to say, uh I have been uh Greg Busnowski and you have been uh Nick Dica. Of course you can get me on the Twitter at Coolhead 2010 and you at Nick Dica. Our guest was David Ardsma at the DA fifty three. Also of the Bullpen with DA podcast, check that out. Um, This has been episode number seventy-two of Artificial Turf Wars, and we will see you next week.